Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Barrier Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network. The only place of the show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. You can find me on Twitter at Rice Shell Radio. On this week's show, we're going to be talking about the Golden State Warriors and their upcoming matchups over the next week from a betting perspective. Before we actually do all that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the football field once again. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more props, odds, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football-related. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Ben Maria podcast. Before we want to break, we previewed what we are going to do for this week's show. Once again, talking about the Warriors and their upcoming schedule over the next week. But before we get into any of the games, do want to recap how we did on the show last week. We had a good episode. Uh, starting off with the first game on Thursday, we had the Warriors money line against the Clippers. That was never in doubt. That was actually plus money. Then we had the Warriors winning again and covering against New Orleans. We got that right. Then we had the Lakers winning on Sunday against the Warriors, and the Lakers won. And then we had the Warriors beating the Thunder, which did not hit, but we did have the over in that game, and that ended up cashing easily. So I went 3-1 on the spreads, and we went 2-2 two two on the totals. So it could have been better, but still a profitable week, and we'll look to keep it rolling here on uh, this upcoming week. But starting off with the Thursday game, against the Grizzlies taking place in Memphis. You have the Warriors as road favorites at minus two, and the Grizzlies are plus two at home. Over-under is 235.5. So starting off with the over-under here, I am going to go with the under in this game. I think this number is too high. We know Jaws suspended indefinitely for gun-related reasons, and you're looking at Golden State. This team defensively has not been great, but... They were awful against OKC. They were horrible in that game. They have 137 points. But before that, they were actually okay. And they gave 113 to the Lakers. One, uh, they gave 99 to the Pelicans. 91 to the Clippers. 105 to Portland. Decent defensive showings. The Grizzlies offensively, though, have really not been great lately. And a big reason for that is because Jaws out. Steven Adams is still out. And Brandon Clark is now out for the season. But the Grizzlies, the last couple of games, scored 103 against the Lakers. Scored 129 against the Clippers. Had that 51-point third quarter. So that was a good performance from them, though. Had 97 the game before that in Denver. Had 113 against Houston. And Houston's one of the worst teams in the league. The point is Memphis, I just think at the end of the day, is going to be decent offensively in this game, but not amazing. And I think 236 is way too high of a total. I know the main argument is that Curry's back in the lineup, so maybe that'll be enough to send this over. But I really don't see it. I just think that Memphis defensively is going to be able to showcase some grit at home. Golden State defensively, I think, has been better lately. And after that no-show against OKC defensively, I do think they will look sharper with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. It's a big rivalry game between two teams that hate each other and that usually trends to a lower-scoring game. So I will lean to the under in this one. And I actually see a 236, so I'm going to take the under there. But I will take Memphis on the money line here. And I know that they are getting two points, or the money line's roughly plus 110. Golden State looks like an automatic play based on the health 
of both teams. Memphis missing their best couple of players or their best player. And then Steven Adams, who's one of the most impactful players and Clark, who's a good bench guy and Golden State's relatively healthy, but I can't look past these home road splits. I, I just can't. Golden State is seven and 25 straight up on the road. And Memphis is 26 and five straight up at home. Now, I do think this game will be competitive. I'm not saying that Memphis is going to blow them out, and I am aware they have lost three straight in relatively convincing fashion, but I can't trust Golden State laying points on the road here. I can't do it. I just think that based on the 7-25 and 25 overall record on the road versus the 26-5 and straight-up record at home, I got to go with the home team here. I think it's good value. So I will go with the Grizzlies to win a... Bit more of a lower scoring game than people think. I think it probably will land somewhere in the 220s, but I will lean to Memphis to get the job done. Then moving on to the next game on the schedule. Uh, so after potentially losing to the Grizzlies, in my opinion, then Golden State will look to get back on track with a matchup against the Bucks on Saturday. That's going to be a home game. So Golden State, of course, has been very good at home. Milwaukee has been good everywhere. So just keep that in mind. But I do have to at least acknowledge that Milwaukee won the first meeting by 17, and Milwaukee is 20 and 12 on the road, the number one seed in the East. They're arguably the best team in the league. And I do think at the end of the day, Milwaukee's going to win this game. Golden State's going to put up an effort because a good effort because they're 27 and 7 at home. But Milwaukee's the better team, and Giannis is unstoppable, especially for Golden State to handle. I just think at the end of the day, Milwaukee's got too many weapons. Drew Holiday's been very good lately. Middleton was pretty good last game as well. I know Giannis didn't play last game against Orlando because of an illness, I believe, but he should be fine uh, for this matchup in particular. I think Milwaukee comes in. I think they'll do pretty well offensively, and I do think they're going to end up seeing Milwaukee's defense be able to showcase why it's one of the best units in the league. Given Milwaukee on the road, they will be laying points on the road, but I'm not sure how many because Golden State's home records are pretty tough to ignore. So maybe you're going to find a cheap line on Milwaukee, and I do think it's a decent spot to back the best team in the league right now, uh, getting a pretty short number here. So I'll go with Milwaukee to get the job done, and I will go with the over in this game. I think even though Milwaukee's defense is solid, you're going to see the pace really show itself throughout this game. Milwaukee's going to try to get out and run, because Giannis is a one-man fast break, and Golden State uses Looney, who gets into foul trouble a lot, but they really don't have many center options. So I see Giannis having a huge game, and Golden State's going to go up tempo and try to get Curry and Thompson maybe a combined 70 points. But I do think you're going to see a lot of points in this game. First meeting the season landed 239. I'll go with the over in this one, and I will go with Milwaukee to get the job done on the road. Then moving on to Monday's game against the Phoenix Suns. This game's going to be interesting because Durant, as everybody knows, injured his ankle in pregame warm-ups on Wednesday night uh, before the Thunder game. Uh, so he kind of slipped on a wet spot, rolled his ankle, and now he might be out for a couple of weeks. Now, Booker went for 44 anyway in 28 minutes, so we know Booker's a serious problem. We also know that Phoenix has done well against the Warriors this season, as the Suns are 3-0, with each win coming by at least 12 points. However, I do think that there's value on Golden State here. I do think that even though Golden State has been a bit underwhelming against the Suns, the fact that they traded a lot of their supporting cast, including Cam Johnson, and the fact that they traded Mikhail Bridges, and you know, they traded away a couple of valuable pieces, 
and they don't have Durant, so they basically just lost Bridges and Cam Johnson for nothing for the sake of this game and for the sake of the short-term future of the team. I think Golden State at home will do enough to find a way to win this game. Phoenix, I think, is going to be favored in this game because of how well they've played lately. But Chris Paul has been basically a non-factor offensively. Booker's great. I'm aware of that. But I do think that Golden State will definitely be up to the task at home against a shorthanded Phoenix Suns team. It's one thing to beat the Thunder when the Thunder have been an atrocious defensive team all season long and the Thunder were also playing the second night of a back-to-back. It was really just a good scheduling spot for Phoenix because OKC had the very high-scoring game in the 260s against Golden State. Then they immediately had to travel from OKC to Phoenix with no day off in between. I'm not surprised they got buried. So I do think at the end of the day, Golden State at home should end up taking care of business against a shorthanded Suns team. And I do think there's value on the over. Each of the first three meetings this season have landed at least 238. I see points in this game. And even though Durant's out, I'm still not sold on the defense for either team, especially when you end up losing uh, Cam Johnson is an okay defender, but mostly Bridges, who is their best on-ball defender. And we know Durant's a pretty underrated defender. It gives you rim protection, but now he's not there. So you're going to have to throw in probably Torrey Craig, or you're going to give boosted minutes to, I don't even know, like, I don't think it's going to be Jock Landell, maybe Wainwright. But the point is, Phoenix is going to have to scramble defensively in order to actually find a quality defensive lineup. And I think that they're going to struggle dealing with all the off-ball movement that Golden State offers with the screens and three-point shooting. So I am going to go with Golden State here. I think that they might be underdogs at home, and I'm going to take them because of it. If they are favored, it will be very short, unless Phoenix benches half the team for this game. But Phoenix is 15-19 and on the road, straight up. And I mentioned Golden State's record before. Give me the Warriors to get back on track here at home against the Suns. I think it's a pretty good spot when the public might be all over Phoenix. So just keep that in mind. But moving on to the next game that we're going to talk about, which is going to be the last game for this episode. They have a matchup against the Clippers on the road, uh, taking place on Wednesday. So it's a pretty tough schedule for Golden State. Now, Memphis is still a good seed. They're definitely overrated, and they're falling apart because of all the injuries and suspensions. But still, Memphis is a playoff team. Milwaukee's a number one seed. Phoenix is a serious title contender, and they're facing off against the Clippers, who aren't good, but they're still talented. Like, the roster is still pretty decent on paper. The Westbrook addition has been horrible for that team. But the point is, the Clippers are still a talented roster. It's not an easy schedule for Golden State. And for this game, yes, I know Golden State's on the road, and I just talked about how this team is useless on the highway. However, I don't trust the Clippers. And yes, they beat the Raptors. Congratulations. The Raptors should have traded half their team to trade that line, and instead they traded for Yaka Pirtle which is still one of the worst trade deadlines in the entire league. I can't believe that Toronto actually just did it and nobody cared. Uh, that they were linked to trading away Van Vliet, to trading away Ananobi, and they kept everybody. And they even traded people or uh, gave away assets for Pirtle, which is just stupid. But anyway, the Clippers aren't a good team. They have Kawhi Leonard is good, obviously. You have Paul George, who's a very solid player, who is a bit streaky, but he's still solid. And Westbrook, who has been awful. They also got Eric Gordon, who's been horrible. I'm not a fan of the moves that they made. And defensively, they're really not a good unit. I think that Golden State's got a good chance to win this game. We saw Golden State get off to a very good, uh, very awful start, actually, against the Clippers on March 2nd. And then the second half came around and Golden State buried them and outscored them. I believe it was 70 to 35 in the second half. But the point is, I don't trust the Clippers late in games. And we've seen Golden State have these great 
comebacks where they've been able to come back from double digits down and win the game. I think it might be one of those games where the Clippers start off early and then you see Golden State kind of chip away and then eventually get themselves on a run. But I don't trust the Clippers late in games, home or road. And Westbrook kills the spacing on that team. They rotate so many guys in and out of the actual lineup on a day-to-day basis that there's no actual cohesion with the team. I got to stay away from the Clippers for me. I'm not going to overreact to them beating the nine seed in the East uh, in Toronto. I, it, don't get me wrong. You win the you win games that are on your schedule, so it's not the Clippers' fault, but I'm not going to suddenly think that they're back because they beat a play-in team that might not make the playoffs. So give me the Warriors here uh, to get the job done against the Clippers, and I will lean to the under in that game. Golden State's defense, so I thought was great in that Clippers game. Now, the Clippers missed pretty much every three they took, but I'm not sold on that Clippers offensive system, especially in the second half when they just take turns alternating iso ball. It's not effective. It's not going to work in the playoffs, and the Clippers are screwed. But I think most people realize that by now. But I will go with the Warriors in this spot. So once again, to wrap up the picks for the show, I'm going to go with the Grizzlies at a plus-price money line on Thursday. I'm also going to go with the under in that game. I'm going to take Milwaukee uh, with the spread, and I am going to go with the over in that game. I will go with the Warriors on Monday against Phoenix, and I will go with the over in that game. And last but not least, you have the Wednesday road game against the Clippers. I will go with the Warriors, and I will go with the under in that game. That's going to wrap it up, though, for this edition of the Ben Murray podcast. I didn't really get into it, but I do want to at least talk briefly about some of the drama that happened over the last couple of days, mostly involving Jordan Poole and Draymond Green. Look, I don't care how close you are to missing the playoffs, and I don't care how important the player's been to the franchise's history, especially with championships in the last couple of years. Draymond should have been benched or suspended for a game for what he did during the game when he had that tantrum after Poole didn't pass him the ball. Draymond turned his back in the middle of a play, which resulted in a turnover, and he didn't even run back. That should be suspension-worthy. That's embarrassing. And for somebody who takes pride whether it's, you know, self-promotion with pride or whether it's just the flowers people give him around the league, Draymond can't claim to be the leader of the team and the emotional leader if he's going to have tantrums in the middle of games and he's going to abandon plays in a game they needed to win. And guess what? They lost the game against OKC. They didn't lose the game because of that one play, but I have to at least point out that if Draymond's going to be the veteran leader who's supposed to settle the youngsters down and he's supposed to be one of the faces of the team and he's abandoning plays and he's having tantrums mid-game like Kevin Lovell was a couple years ago with the Cavs when he wanted to get out of there, it's a terrible look. And I think Draymond's going to be gone during the offseason. I think Golden State's not going to bring him back. I think that he's going to end up elsewhere. And I think whatever team pays for him will drastically overpay for him because I really don't think he's that good anymore. But the point is Draymond still has value with this team. I don't think he's got as much value, nearly as much value as he used to have like three, four years ago. I think he's a shell of his former self. But I do think at the end of the day, Draymond's got to do better emotionally when you're a leader of the team and you're going to have podcast episodes during the week talking about stuff that happened. Take responsibility for just completely abandoning your team for the sake of 20 seconds of tantrum. I hope it was worth it because it wasn't. I'll tell you that much right now. But people are going to swear by Draymond because of what he's done for the franchise historically. I get it. Good underdog story from Michigan State. People didn't really give him a shot to become an impact player in the NBA, and he's a future Hall of Famer. But I got to point out here that what he did against OKC was inexcusable, and I think he should have been suspended. 
just my opinion. You got to send a message. And I don't think he deserves special treatment because of what happened in his career when he punched a teammate during the offseason and then he had a tantrum during a game. You got to suspend them or something because it's out of control. It's not Rodman-ish in the 90s, but it's not good. I'll tell you that much. But that's my brief thought on that Draymond situation that happened in the OKC game. That's going to wrap it up, though, for this episode. You can find me on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. And until next week, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.